0: We do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, hello guys. This is Lydia, the lifestyle coach. So we are talking about binge eating, bulimia, overeating, food obsession, body hate, being able to have the freedom to be a normal eater. Because the the truth is, is that we're born normal eaters. We are. <laughs> like, we have all sorts of different things going on. You may have, you know, some hormone things. You may have some health issues. But the point is, is that your body is really good at knowing how to eat, and eating in such a natural and normal way and that it's the habits that we get into that put that disordered eating in the way. But the cool thing is, is that that normal eating, like the core of you, like you, the one that you can trust with food, that you don't have to worry about what's around, that you can be around whatever food, like that stillness in your mind, like that peace of being able to not think about food or obsess about body, like that's, that's still there. It's just about uncovering it. It's about getting the fog, the muck out of the way so you can get back to that incredible normal eating. And from there, it's effortless because you've got the stuff out of the way that was making it difficult. And we get to celebrate this all day, every day with the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of incredible people that come to us and get free from this, whether it's been 20 years or 45 years or six months of this struggle for them to be able to finally, oh, this is what it's like to have that normal eating. So just to give you a quick example, we just had um, a member of our community, she was celebrating that she remembers like, you know, the first time that she was in our program and she brought home Nutella and she's like, oh no, I've never been able to have this in the house and I've never, never been able to have control over it. And like, you know, there's, you know, so so many scary feelings and all of this tension around it. And she practiced the principles we were teaching her and she was totally fine. But now she's been graduated a little while and she's one of our awesome grads, but she's like Wow, I'm just realizing, like, I got these really incredible brownies and I had a bite of brownie with a cup of tea, and that was so satisfying. And then I just wrapped up, you know, the rest of the brownie and put it back. And she's like, it's a non issue now. It's a non issue. Like, I know I can trust myself with food. Being able to trust yourself is such a wonderful and empowering thing. And being able to trust yourself with something so essential that you're going to do every day for the rest of your life, like eating, is just a wonderful daily like connection with yourself of like oh i i can trust me like i am a normal eater so like you have to look around and be like is this is everyone else thinking about food as much as I'm thinking about food? Like, is are really other people not paying attention to, you know, what's on other people's plates at this restaurant? Or, you know, how can people just be chatting and not wondering where their food is or not looking when pouring over, you know, the menu at a restaurant or wondering, you know, how much there is left on the snack table? Like, once you have the disordered thinking and the disordered eating out of the way, you can just be there present. Like, it's not like other people have superpowers. It's other people just don't have the patterns in place that make everything so much harder and so getting that out of the way and really stepping into that freedom is an absolute joy and to get to trust yourself again and it's so so fun to get to celebrate that with you guys and we're talking today about the damage of labels now labels are important like we need to have language to communicate we need to be able to share our experience with language and words are important and language is important But it's important and it's powerful in both directions, right? Like it's important and it's powerful if it's empowering you and getting you to the place that you want to be, and it's important and it's powerful if it's doing the opposite and putting you in an identity or entrenching you in a problem and making it harder to fix. And so you want to pay attention to that. And the danger of labels, foods like uh, labels, like I'm a food addict or I'm a binge eater or I'm a chocoholic or I'm a stress eater or whatever labels come up that you identify with do some really important things in your brain that can entrench you more into the habit. So here's the good thing about... Having a label and having that communication. We're going to talk about sort of the pros and cons and what damage can come up. So, the good thing is, of course, like we need language to communicate. And the other good thing about labels is when we have a language to be able to admit to ourselves and describe what's happening. That's a really important moment. We just had somebody in our program like celebrate today that she was just like, you know, she's just getting started. And she's like, I never put a label on myself. I never said, you know, I'm a binge eater, I'm an overeater. And she's like, The moment that I was able to be like, yeah, I'm a binge eater, like this is what I've been doing for decades, like I am a binge eater. Then in that moment when she was able to really like acknowledge to herself like, okay, this this is a problem, this is what's happening, then she could be in the solution and start fixing it and that's what she's getting to do now and already having phenomenal celebrations because she's doing what works to get her out of it. So when labels are in a place in our lives where it helps us to have language around what's happening, then they can be useful. And we need to be able to describe that. The other important thing about labels is that it allows us to know that we're not alone, right? It's just like, oh, binge eating, that's what's happening for me. Wow, feeling out of control, like that food obsession, like a lot of times it's a relief to have a label. It's a relief and it's a connection of like, if there is a label, then I'm not alone. If there's a label, then it means that other people have that label. There's a label, it means there's a community of people who get me and get this and are struggling the same way. If there's a label, it means that if you can put a label on it, well then maybe you can start doing something about it. So in all those ways, labels can be useful. But where they become damaging is when it goes into a few different aspects that we're gonna talk about here. But first let's talk about some of these labels that come up. So the labels of I'm a food addict, right? Like I'm addicted to food, uh, I I am an addict, right? Sometimes people say I have an, an addictive personality, and that's why I'm a food addict, or I've, you know, been addicted to these other things. Labels like I have no willpower. Notice how it's ways that we're describing our and who we are and what we do. I have no self-control. I'm crazy around food. I have an addictive personality. Um, that's just who I am. I'm an emotional eater. I'm a stress eater. I'm a binge eater. Um, I'm somebody who, you know, is just so crazy about food. I'm somebody who obsesses about food some of these things can be language and descriptors that are important but here's where the labels become damaging so the first thing is is when it starts turning into giving you an identity because our brains our bodies have so much in place to align with our identity If you do anything that is out of alignment with your identity, then there's a big dissonance and there's a lot of suffering there. And so your brain does whatever it can to bring you back into that identity. So for instance, if you label yourself as I am a stress eater, then what is going to happen if you are stressed and you're not going into the stress eating? then that's counter to your identity and will even match our identity that way of like, oh, this is just what I do. Like I'm stressed, so you know, I'm gonna go back to the food. It's an alignment with identity. There are other factors that are involved as well, like you know, the habit and the pattern and all of that. But one thing that gets in the way of healing and being able to be free from this is aligning with the labels or the identities that we give ourselves. And once we are entrenched in this identity, then we start feeling like healing and freedom and being a normal eater is actually a loss of who we are. I am a binge eater. I am somebody with an eating disorder. And so if that's part of our identity, even if it's what we truly want to be done and healed and free from this, when we think of that, when we think of, oh, my life without binge eating, well, my identity is, is that I am a binge eater, that I have an eating disorder. So we start having this fear come up of like, who would I be without it? Like, this is who I am. Like, this is my identity. This is what I do all day, every day. This is how I spend my time. This is how I connect to the people around me. This is how I present myself. So when those labels turn into an an identity, it can be really damaging because one, we start trying to align with that identity, which can keep us into the habit. And the other thing is, is that we start feeling like, being free from this would actually be a scary place because we don't know who we would be without it. So you want to be aware and you want to be careful about what labels you are putting on yourself because when it's connected with identity, it can keep us in the pattern. The second thing of why the labels are damaging is it can keep us from the solution. So for instance, there's a truth of what's going to work, and then there is the narrow kinds of solutions that match the label or identity that we put on ourselves. So I'll give you guys an example. The reality is, is that binge eating, overeating, bulimia, all of those things, the truth is, is that those are habits that can be broken. And when you break it on a habit of thought level, just like we do with our clients, then you can be free from it permanently for the rest of your life. It is a habit that can be broken. That is the reality. But let's say that you've put in a label on yourself of I am a food addict. Well, if you have decided that that is your identity, that is your label, I am a food addict, then you could literally miss out on the very solution that will fix your problem because it doesn't match the label of addict, right? So it's like, well, I'm a food addict, so I can only be helped with things that are related to addiction, right? Like I have to look into ending my addiction. I have to look into not being an addict. I have to learn look into solutions that help you know, addicts of other things in other ways. And the answer could be right in front of you of like, oh, it's a habit that needs to be broken. But if the label is I'm a food addict, you look at that and be like, oh, well, that wouldn't fix my problem because that's not dealing with the addiction. And you miss the reality of, it's not about dealing with the addiction because it's not an addiction. You might label it that way, you might feel that way, but are you willing to be more aligned with what's going to work or something that will fit that label? So that's the second big damaging piece of labels is that it can actually keep us from the solution because we're looking for something that matches that label, right? You know, I'm a food addict, so I need something that, that deals with addiction when it's actually something else completely that fixes the problem. So it's important to notice the label and you might be using it for language or you might be using it for, well, I'll give you an example of my own journey. So for a long time when I had an eating disorder, then I labeled it as food addiction because I felt like an addict. Like I thought about it all the time. I would do anything to get it. Like it was really disruptive to my life. Like it seemed to check the boxes where it's like, oh, I'm a food addict. Now that was actually an important step on the journey because thinking of food like an addiction allowed me to have hope of like, okay, well addicts become not addicts, right? Like not everyone who was a heroin addict is always a heroin addict. So it helped me to have an element and the language and the label around it allowed me to have hope that there could be a resolution hope that maybe it's not just me and I'm just so crazy and so broken that nothing could ever fix me. It's like, well, if I'm an addict, I could just learn how to not be an addict and you know, look for solutions that way. So it served me up to that point. But if I would have stayed with that label of like, I'm an addict and I need to only do things that help addicts, then I actually would have missed the mark completely. And the literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people around the world that are now free because we know exactly how to end eating disorders, that couldn't have happened if I had decided to be stuck on the label of food addiction. I was open to, okay, I'm labeling myself as this now because it's the language that I have, but with more information and with more understanding, then I was able to understand like, oh, this is not an addiction at all. It feels like an addiction because this and this is happening, but it's actually not an addiction and you don't deal with it like an addiction. And in fact, as I was dealing with it as an addiction, it just kept on getting worse and then doing what worked. Ended my eating disorder completely I don't have an eating disorder anymore and now we have freed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people from their eating disorders so the second thing to be aware of is if you have a label on yourself and you feel like it's pigeonholing you of like oh it, it can only be this way to just allow yourself to open up to like okay maybe the language that I'm using is I'm an addict but I am open to it being something else and that way it can open you to the solution that's actually going to work the third dangerous and damaging thing about putting a label on yourself with your relationship with food is because a mechanism in our brain called the RAS, that stands for reticular activating system, which means that what our brain does is that whatever we currently believe to be true or whatever we're putting focus on, our brain will gather evidence that supports that. And it will actually push away and out of our awareness and we won't remember, and it, our brain sort of hides it from us, everything that doesn't confirm that. So just a, a fun, like, basic example of the reticular activating system is if you're shopping for, a, you know, a, a car that is a red Toyota, you know, a red Toyota Prius, let's say, then If you are focusing on that car, you're looking at pictures of that car, you're you know thinking of you know like the best way to buy that car and you know you're shopping around for that car, it's in your awareness. So what happens you're like, whoa I never realized how many red Toyota Priuses there were on the road. Whoa they're everywhere, that's crazy, what a popular car. But it's not like there were any more than when you were, than before you were researching it. What's happening is your brain is bringing to awareness all of the red Toyota Priuses because that's where your focus is and the other important thing to understand is your brain is ignoring every car that is not that. And so it creates a false belief that there are more red Toyota Priuses on the road than there actually are because your brain is looking for the evidence to support it and pushing away any of the evidence that doesn't support that that's the car that is out there. And because your brain works this way, it works to reinforce all the times, all the evidence, all the experience that support what you're currently believing and suppress all the times, all the things that it doesn't support that belief, then labels can be super damaging because for instance, if you label yourself a stress eater, then your brain really pays attention to all the times that oh wow you were stressed and you ate wow your brain is saying that happens pretty much every time Anytime that you're stressed you eat you're so out of control if you just experience a little bit of stress if you just think about something that's going to be stressful coming up then you're going to go right to food like you were just like that's just who you are it's just gathering evidence gathering evidence oh yeah I remember that time when you were little and you were stressed and then you went to food oh remember that one time that your aunt was like wow you really eat a lot when you're stressed Your brain is just gonna keep on reinforcing and gathering evidence, which is going to entrench you in that identity more and more and more. But there were times where you were stressed and you didn't eat. And there were lots of things that your family said about your eating or otherwise that didn't support that or was even opposite evidence of that. There might have even been times where you were really stressed and you were so stressed that you didn't even think about food and you weren't even, you know, called to food and you were just in the stress and you were taking care of things and it was a really hard chapter, but your brain is not going to bring that evidence up to you because you told your brain, this is who I am. I am a stress eater. And your brain said, okay, then we're just going to show you evidence of that and we're going to hide all the evidence counter to that. So the third damaging part of this is that because of how your brain works, then we tend to be more and more entrenched in that identity of, oh, well, this is just who I am. And again, the identity goes back into gathering evidence for that. This is who I am. Who would I be without it? Well, then I can, you know, only look at solutions that deal with, you know, stress and emotions and food because that's my thing. I am a stress eater. So again, language is important. Labels to bring us together, to give us language to describe what we're experiencing, those things are important. But in these three areas, are really the ways that putting a label on yourself can be super damaging to being free from this. So, this is what is actually going to fix this problem is when you do what works to end it permanently and you give yourself permission to take off a label. So, for instance, you know, our a lot of times our clients will come in, they're like, well, you know, I don't know, like, you know, was I, am I binge eating? Am I overeating? I don't know. And it's like the brain saying like, well, we need a label so we know how to fix it. And we're just like, well, what if there wasn't a label on it? What if there was no identity around it? What if you just look at your experience? Oh, I ate yesterday and it felt out of control and I regretted it the next day and I wish I wouldn't have done that. Okay. That is your experience, that's what's happened now. And then we give our clients exactly what they need to end that, to end the habit of thought, to keep that those urges to binge from coming back and to being free of this for the rest of their lives. Ah, how good does that feel, right? So in that, you get to be in a place where you don't have to have the label, you don't have to have like, identity that goes along with it and that way you don't have to give up some part of yourself of like who would I be without it it's like oh you're gonna be you you're still gonna be you you were you the whole time but now you get to be you without binge urges and now you get to be you with a healed relationship with you with food and yourself and you get to be you with calm and peace in your mind and not worrying about this so that's one reason why we you know when we coach our clients it's not about like a diagnosis or a label or this is who you are it's about This is the experience that you're having, and here is how to have freedom from that. And that description and that language can be around what's happening, and we can be gathering data about the experience, and we can communicate in that. But it's like, oh, well, I don't know if I used to binge or I used to overeat or what it was, but I'm free from it now, and I can just move forward, right? And it's a really beautiful and liberating thing because you get to be defined by you. You get to be defined by, instead of any label, who you are, what you want, what your desires are, and being able to navigate that in this beautiful place of freedom. It just comes down to one simple thing. At the end of the day, it just comes down to one simple thing that can be completely free of labels. And that one thing is, do you have a relationship with food that is a problem, is not serving you, that is hurting you? And do you want to fix it? It's as simple as that. Do you have this problem? Do you want to fix it? Are you having this experience? Do you want to be free from it? That's it. And it can be called lots of different things in lots of different labels, lots of different languages, whatever it is. But what it comes down to is, do you want to be free from whatever that is? Cool. And if so, then we know exactly how to get you there. Like that's what we do all day, every day. And it's been beautiful to see people go from, I don't trust myself and this is who I feel like I am and this is my label, this is my identity, to, oh, I just get to be me. I've been me the whole time and now I get to be me in freedom. I get to be me in peace. I get to be me in joy. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So the first step to that is you've got to have a foundation for that freedom. And that foundation comes without labels, right? It's like, maybe for language, you wanna put a label of like, this is what I'm struggling with, right? So we can, you know, communicate, but it doesn't need to be your identity. It's just like, this is my experience right now. And we start with the foundation of freedom. And the foundation of freedom is really looking at what this pattern and experience is for you. And then really what you want on the other side of that, what freedom is for you, what you wanna be able to live with that peace for the rest of your life. And then it's about bridging that gap. And if we can show you how to do that, then we'll show you how to do that. We know exactly how to fix this problem. Or if it's not gonna be a fit, then we'll know where to best direct you from there. But the first step must be that foundation of freedom. We do that in a free service called a breakthrough session. And in that breakthrough session, we get you the foundation of freedom. And you can actually go and get a free breakthrough session for yourself you go to lydia slash session that's lydia lifestyle.com slash session and there will be a calendar page there and you just go ahead and book your breakthrough session you show up guard that time allow that to be a wonderful gift to yourself and you get to have that foundation of freedom. And we're going to walk you through that process. So that's where we go from here. And this is Lydia, the lifestyle coach, signing off. Bye, guys. Mwah. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step. Pop over to lydialifestyle.com slash session. That's lydialifestyle.com slash session.